The short game is listener-supported on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and join us on our Discord, head to theshortgame.net or patreon.com slash theshortgame. Welcome back to The Short Game, a show about short video games, games that respect your time. My name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined this week by two bouncy co-hosts. Laura Nash. And your roundest co-host, uh, the chonker, Shane Kelly. <laughs> what a good orb. Yeah, it's a great orb. And uh, this week, we are going to be talking about Subpar Pool, a game that was released last October by Grape fruit games uh games available on all sorts of different platforms steam nintendo switch ios google play and it is 9.99 uh this developer is one that we or, really or really five like bucks if it's on a uh, mobile oh nice yeah okay i played it on uh i played it on my steam deck which was fun mm-hmm. um but this game uh game uh grapefruit developers uh grapefruit games put out a game that we loved. I don't think we ever actually did it on an episode specific, but it's not unlike some other um, sort of heavy hitter mobile games that we've loved that we've talked about on probably a hundred episodes in the history of this podcast. Um, And I think that made us particularly excited about this game. Uh, You guys remember playing hold down. I I remember remember it. I played it this morning. (laughs) You played it this morning. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, it's one of those games that is, it feels pretty infinitely replayable. I, I haven't touched it in a long time, but Julia is playing it all the time. And because of that, uh, my son has started playing hold down. It's a very, um, it's a, it's a bit of a Zen version of breakout. Um, Yeah. And I, I think it's, um, it it's very similar stylistically to this game, but this game has, I'm very excited to talk about. I think it's a it's a big step. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I appreciate hold down a lot. I think it it's fun. At times you get in the black hole mode. You've like powered up all your things and you're just going mm-hmm. infinitely down. And then it, I often will just reset it and start over from the beginning. Yeah. To kind of um because uh. I want to do more cool stuff, but I think hold down is just very uh, soothing. I found it very calming. Um, I calming is an interesting word because I also I agree, but it also becomes almost a like power fantasy game. Also, by the end, where you're just uh, unloading like yeah a torrent of these of the balls into the you know into the brick breaker style game that we're all used to, and I I don't think there's any other mm-hmm. version of these types of games where you become so overwhelmingly strong and you just have like such an un. Uh, like a powerful amount of balls that you're releasing, which is uh, very, very satisfying. Mentioning that black hole mode and Nate, what I think you're kind of alluding to there is the incredibly powered up level that you get to pretty quickly in hold down, or especially as you, if you uh, kind of complete the progression of the game, Um, hold down kind of had a power scaling problem where you would kind of get to this, fun end game and the game just kind of stayed at that level and and didn't have Mm -hmm. much change really any change uh after that and um 
that's what I what I think was so interesting about this game. Um, so I, I think it'll be fun to talk about how customizable it is and how yeah. you can really adapt this game to whatever just mood you're in. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, so yeah, I think we're we're all pretty excited to talk about subpar pool. Um, but it also got me thinking as I was playing this game that like there's a whole world of games that I think we've probably all been in or around that I don't think we've ever really talked about on this show. And that is bar games, things like pool or ping pong or shuffleboard. Uh, What is is, Shane? I'd love to start with you. What is sort of your relationship or experience with, uh, with bar games? I would say that pool is the number one, you know, bar game for me, not to Mm -hmm. say that I'm, good at it but uh one of the things that's been very nice for me is throughout my life i've had lots of relatives with pool tables Mm. and friends and being able to just mess around on a pool table there's something wonderful about the kind of pure um physics and uh angles of pool that is just infinitely fascinating like no matter how young or old I've been. And um, so totally will always gravitate towards pool. That said, I suck at it. And so (laughs) these days when I'm actually in a bar, you know, I have uh, friends who are, I I have a good friend who's tried, tried, tried to teach me darts. And I will, uh, you know, I can hit the board sometimes, but literally he was explained the rules to me over and over again and i think the the flaw is that generally it's in a bar and i've had a couple of beers by the time he convinces me to try darts again so yeah uh, the dart seems to have a complicated scoring system for a bar game based on all those numbers i thought it was based on archery aren't we all trying to get the bullseye (laughs) i watched the game uh the trivia show only connect and occasionally the answer is a dart puzzle like the sequence is a darts thing and every time it's absolutely mystifying do not understand yeah there i think there are multiple different types of dart games that you can play and it depends on what everybody wants to play but for the (laughs) most part shane i have had a similar experience to you which is that i just if i'm in a bar and i'm gonna play darts i'm pretty much just going for a bullseye isn't that what we all want anyway Yes. I enjoy it because it's dangerous and like drinking and throwing <laughs> things is fun. Like mm-hmm. they, I, I, I've gone axe throwing once, um, but like axe throwing is a whole thing. Um, yeah. Darts, darts is a like improvisation. Like you just decide to play darts and you can be doing it a second later. Axe throwing, you have to like pay money and sign yeah. a waiver and good I've reasons. Done darts, I've done axe throwing one time and it was a ton of fun. And it was, I was like, at least compared to my group of friends, I was somehow better at it than I would have expected, we which was kind of fun. We also had a savant fun. in our group. It was not me. <laughs> uh, but they also had like the, the axe throwing place had things like ninja stars and stuff. And oh. uh, I could throw an axe, but I like almost impaled myself with a ninja star because those things <laughs> bounce. And uh, it was it was bad. Sometimes the axes bounce too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but hopefully not as far back as a ninja star was bouncing. True. Um, 
Laura, do you have you played a lot of bar games in your life? Yeah, so uh, I don't play a lot of pool. I haven't really since uh, like middle school events, but um, there was a really nice bar in downtown Chicago called the Chicago Athletic Association that had a game room, and it was classy. And we always went as like a, a an event for like a before a bachelorette party or bachelor star. Like it was kind of the drop in thing where like people who weren't invited to the full party would go play some games, and then like the people who wanted to go drink the whole night would go off so that was kind of the starter um and it's just really nice to play like foosball or shuffleboard um Mm -hmm. casually drink like hang out with your friends and then um for us it was and now you may opt into the 7 p.m to 3 a.m portion of the evening but the the day (laughs) of of casually playing games and drinking was was almost always the starter package nice yeah, um, pool is something that has been a kind of a part of my life for a very long time. Um, my dad used to, like because he's way cooler than me was literally like a pool shark when he was younger. He would go with and go to like pool halls and just with like twenty dollars really? and leave with hustler. Like, yeah, he would make money playing pool, and so we got a pool table when I was in like middle school i think and so i played a lot of pool and then when i i spent uh, a lot of my life playing live music and spending a lot of time in bars and the one thing that like every venue has in common is that they almost always have a shitty pool table Mm. and the thing about playing music is that you have to get there generally speaking you have to get there really really early to do like sound checks and stuff like that but then you're just stuck in like a shitty bar for the entire evening yeah Uh, yeah. from like you know sometimes like three o'clock in the afternoon until like two or three in the morning and so we would just end up playing a whole lot of pool and it was something that there was a time when I consider myself pretty good at it. I think big picture, no, I was not actually very good at it. Uh, just like in my little bubble of people, I was okay at it. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I really loved it. I think, Shane, when you when you talk about like the angles, that is, I have that same sort of like, I can't exactly explain how I feel, but there was just something really deeply satisfying about just trying to pull off that exact, you know, corner shot or the the perfect bank shot and, you know, miss it nine times out of 10. But when you do pull off that perfect shot, there's there are very few things uh, as satisfying. Um, so I've I spent more I haven't spent much time in a bar in the last five, six years for a lot of different reasons. But, um, you know, for a good 10, 15 years of my life, I was playing pool a lot, uh, but not nearly as a. Uh, as fun as uh, subpar pool. I wish that I could uh, like this game makes me think about future um, like AR or VR style things, you know, where we're all going to be locked into chairs with some sort of crazy haptic feedback systems. Oh, uh, speaking of which, did I ever have I ever told the story of the weird ping pong ball I went to on a work trip to London? No, I don't think so. How do you uh, go to a ping pong ball? Was it like a ping pong a dance? ping pong bar. It was a ping okay. pong bar, but it was like an incredibly fancy. I don't know how how much they paid for table, but it had like projections, like AR, like on. So when you hit, when the ball bounced on the table, like effects animations would happen to where the ball that, bounced. 
That's awesome. Um, and they like rotated. So like sometimes it'd be flowers and sometimes it'd be like ripples and sometimes it would be like hamburger. Like it was just like stuff would happen on the table as you were playing. Um, and then you could also um, like that sometimes the paddles would light up and it was just a very disorienting experience. I did. I was <laughs> yeah, so jet lagged and I was being forced to play holograph, like weird holographic <laughs> AR influenced pinball. And I was so I, I I flew overnight, landed at like 9 a.m., had to go to a day of meetings, and then they forced me to play pinball. And I was like, I don't know where I am, what continent am I on? So I thought it was a kind of like, I was like, I didn't really experience this, right? That was just something. And they're like, no, look it up. And I watched a video and I was like, oh, no, I exactly remembered that. That was what was happening. That's <laughs> that awesome. was real. I, um, I was actually just the other day talking to someone about um, – uh, and maybe this exists and I just have never seen it, but um, I would love to see a bowling alley start to integrate stuff like that. Where like, imagine if you're bowling and on the lanes, they actually like had projected like score multipliers or like oh, different yeah, so the ball things. Would, like, roll over. The ball would roll over and trigger different things. And like, let's get wacky with the pin organization too. Why does it always have to be a triangle? Like I want to see bowl bowling has been the same forever. Like let's bring in so, or maybe some AR elements where you're, you have to hit things down the lane instead of just all the way at the end of the lane. I think there's some like some really cool. stuff. So, you know, like have you guys done top golf, uh, which sort of takes driving range. I have been wanting to, but I've never done it. I do yeah. not know what this is. So Top, top Golf, golf yeah, we don't have Top now, Golf where she is. That's, there's no such thing as Top Golf in New York. Top Golf is basically like a uh, gigantic driving range, and they're usually these like multi-story buildings that are open entirely on one side with a huge green and nets all around it mm -hmm. and uh people will kind of uh rent time there like you would at a bowling alley except you're doing driving range shots off of the side of a big building yeah and all the balls have rfid chips in them and there are targets out in the out in the field that you're trying to actually hit the ball into and some of them are like really close some of them are really far away and you have a TV screen there that is tracking every one of your shots and awarding you points. So there's like different games, much like darts, where it might be who can hit it the farthest or who can hit it into blue, green, red, yellow in that order or something. And since you are elevated, you're you are kind of a couple stories up if you're at the top, even if you're not really good at golf like myself, you can at least kind of hit the ball far because you're you're starting up and you're just hitting it across. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of taken something like golf, which is, um, you know, not really accessible to a lot of people or really fun for a lot of people and try to make it more of like a party game. And cool. uh, I think that would I, I want to see more sort of stagnant games like golf integrate things like that, uh, whether it's like bowling or like maybe pool or ping pong, like you were talking, I think. We're probably pretty close to a lot of that stuff starting to come out or or if it exists and you're listening, you know, let us know. I'd love to see some of this stuff. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, you know, golf does kind of have um, more of a party vibe than than people really thought. Uh, have you seen 
any video out of this year's uh, waste management open. <laughs> Apparently, this was on TikTok. Um, so waste management does this golf tournament, and uh, it is traditionally it's historically been a play a tournament where people get very rowdy in the uh, in the audience and very drunk. And, well, with a uh, name like waste management open, yes. you know. How can we... <laughs> Uh, I guess it's the Phoenix Open officially. Uh, okay. I, mean, I have gone to like weird hacker artist collective uh-huh. mini golf courses and warehouses. <laughs> yeah, mini golf. See, mini golf is great, but um, it's not big like That's top true. golf. Well, it's kind of in the name. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, with with all this talk of of bar games, there I. I do want to take a chance and throw out a couple of the things that I actually do in real life at bars. Okay. Which to me, bar games these days is I'm talking bar board games. Yeah. Same. I was going to say Reagan's not it's here. Almost to always what I end up doing. Reagan's right? not here to ring, ring his bell, but I, I know where this is going, Shane. Uh, you know, how do you know where I'm, where I'm going with this? Um, <laughs> I, uh, of course, Magic the Gathering uh, is is on the list, but I'm going to focus on a few games that I really do love to play in bars. And for me, to bring a game to a bar, it should be something that is portable, not too big, um, not too crazy complicated. Um, should be something that hopefully I won't cry if I spill a little bit, bit of beer on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my favorite game that that fits that category is hive i don't know how many times if or if at all i've talked about hive on this podcast um i don't think i've ever played hive with either of the two of you Uh, no but i've played it yes Mm -hmm. hive is a beloved two-player uh bug chess it's a tile placement game um and one of the things that makes it perfect for a bar environment is those tiles are a heavy thick uh uh very clunky plastic um and so it's a very um it's a great game to play at a bar because especially it doesn't need a board you take the pieces out of a bag and those bugs form the hive uh it's a uh, it's a chess-like game because the objective is to capture uh, your opponent's queen bee and uh, fantastic game. I love it very much. Um, I also have recently picked up a new game that I think might fit into this same kind of arena a little bit. Um, it's called Radlands and it's oh. also a two player one V one game. Uh, Nate, you're nodding. Have you played Radlands? Oh, but Maybe it was you that told me about this game because I just recently added this to my like my list of of wants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you, I, I picked up Radlands. Uh, you well, you should get it. It's great. Um, if you like two player games, um, and I I do, uh, and this one it's also nice for a bar because the game itself is quite small. Uh, really, it's kind of the size of a double deck of cards plus a little bit. Of extra space for tokens depending on which version of the game you get i think there are different ways different kinds of bits you can get with it but the version that i i bought has uh plastic cards that are waterproof so hey great for a bar nice 
um, and also heavy, chunky, um, I think, acetate uh, tokens. So uh, the Radlands is a uh, 1v1 uh, fight over water resources in a post-apocalyptic nuclear wasteland. Uh, Classic. And the gameplay uh, is uh, really, really interesting. You know, you, you have three bases that are randomized uh, from a deck of bases and uh, they you protect them with characters that you put in those bases and then you launch attacks at your opponent's bases and the person who um, loses their bases first uh, is the loser. And uh, the gameplay is, I would say, quite inspired by my beloved collectible card games such as Magic the Gathering, a Hasbro Wizards of the Coast property. But um, the uh, the fact that it's played from a shared deck and uh, doesn't really, it's nowhere near as, as complex as a real uh, game of Magic. It kind of scratches that itch, though, especially mm. in a very portable game that, as I said, kind of the, the size of, uh, I don't know, like a couple of cell phones big cell phones stacked on top of each other. So nice. good one for taking to a bar. Do you guys have a favorite? Oh, you know what? There's one last one that I love that Laura put me on to. Uh, and that is Love Letter. Love Letter is a great bar game because it's of its size. Laura, do you, can you explain Love Letter? Because I'm sure I cannot. Yes. Uh, the uh, thing to remember about Love Letter is it's so easy that uh, kids who are just learning numbers can do it. Because basically, wow. if seven is bigger than five, you are more important. But uh, Love Letter is a uh, combo of like a deception game, but a little bit lighter. Uh, you are... Um, you have a role up to the princess. So the idea is to get um, as your love token as close to the princess as possible um, without uh, getting stuck. So it's a training game. It's a, a bluffing game. It's incredibly light. The rounds are about 10 minutes uh, and it is nine cards. I think like that's the whole deck. I have a, a beautiful, I think Japanese edition, but the Western one is great. It's, it's, 10 bucks, the easiest thing. I can put it in a pocket, in a girl's pocket, <laughs> like a, a women's <laughs> pocket, which isn't a real pocket. Like Love Letter is fantastic. Um, and you can play it while drunk because, again, even if you're confused about the rules, you always remember, like, if you know what large, what number is bigger than the other, you can get through it. So works throughout the evening. Nice. Um, Citadels is a more complicated version of that that I played in a lot of bars in Seattle. Um, we would play like a couple rounds and then um, whoever was down would get the next pitcher. <laughs> there you Which go. Which is a Tied bad in. way to keep, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. keep that going. Yeah. You know, honestly, I've not really played a lot of board games in bars. I think I've, I've done it a, a handful of times. I remember uh, playing Dominion one time in a bar, which was not really the it's kind of the opposite of what you're saying shane it was uh lots of cards that could easily be ruined and and bar, yeah yeah that's yeah not only is that a lot of cards you whenever i've played dominion with people um dominion's a very old game with lots of expansions i think most people who i i even see have dominion these days have one of these big massive boxes, like <laughs> meta edition of of dominion yeah uh, this was before, yeah, this was a while yeah. ago. So it was before that game kind of 
folded in on itself and and became the massive thing that it is now. But uh, yeah, it's, yeah, uh, I, it's uh, intense. Coup and Citadels both have uh, Coup is great too, but it requires more bluffing. Mm-hmm. People are not great at it. That in bars, like people just kind of can't bluff anymore. Um, I think that they have little tokens though. Love letters, no tokens. Like it, like love letters. Nice. Just cards. It's easy. Mm-hmm. I do love Coup. I play. I was playing Coup just a couple of weeks ago with a with a group of friends. It's a that is an all time classic. Well, I I have to, um, you know, since Reagan's not on the show, and you you did dare me to talk about magic here. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a concept in magic called a cube, which is basically you have a collection of cards that uh, you like that you keep together in a box that you can draft as a, as a group. Right. Um, and it's, it's a really the highest form of magic. It's uh-huh. a curated collection that people are, are drafting and playing together. Uh, the, uh, there's a idea that I have been tinkering with and kind of putting cards in a little box for called a bar cube. And the idea of a bar cube is it's a tiny version of that really like a small box full of cards meant to be drafted. Um, uh, and in particular, for a bar environment, the thing that you want for a bar cube is magic is super complicated. Uh, you know, there are um, counters and dice and uh, special tokens that you might need, et cetera, et cetera. So for a bar cube, you try and make something that doesn't need any of that. So you disqualify any card that creates uh, a counter on another card or mm-hmm. makes a token card or, uh, you know, any of these different, like, rules that require any extra bit that's not on the card, um, which is a surprisingly tough thing to do when you want to yeah. cut that whole swath of game design out of a, of a game like Magic. So uh, fun little project. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hope, hopefully when I have my bar cube uh, together, I'll be, let you know how it turns out. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll expect a report on it. I do have one more actual bar game because all the pieces look like coasters skull Uh, oh i love that skull is just a bluffing game of did you put out a flower or a skull and and that's basically the whole game but it's just (laughs) coasters like there's a little bit more like there's more to it but like that's they're pretty coasters with skulls on one side and flowers on the other you could probably play with your bar coasters and you're you're betting which one you put out like it's it's great it's it's better with the more people. Um, easy, easy party game. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah. Well, I will have to take some of these recommendations and give it a shot. Uh, I'm, I'm not spending a lot of time in bars right now, but uh, maybe I should be just to play some of these games. <laughs> you can also invite people to your lovely no, house. Like, no, no. I'm, only doing a, I'm doing them at a bar. Um, well, why don't we talk about the, 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 the reason why we're here this evening to, uh, to talk more about subpar pool. Um, what a a delightful little game. Um, Shane, I think you maybe caught on to this one first. You want to give us sort of a rundown of what this game is? Sure. Uh, subpar pool is a game that combines uh, a little bit of golf with a little bit of pool and with quite a bit of just uh general 
video game wackiness yeah. uh, to produce something that really just feels like a fun hybrid uh, ball bouncing game. And we we called back to Hold Down, which is a great ball bouncing game, kind of a la Breakout, but not really. Um, and this one uh, more or less controls like the kind of long history of video game pool, you know, where mm-hmm. you have um, a, a, a kind of a control to set your angle and uh, in many pool games set your um, other attributes like how you're going to spin it and things like that. But this keeps it very, very simple, beautifully simple. Um, in subpar pool, you have not one pool table, but a world that is a series of five pool tables. And the pool tables have unusual shapes and arrangements of their holes. Uh, they're not a standard pool table. They are sometimes shaped like rectangles. Sometimes they have weird protuberances from the bumpers along the side. Um, and there are multiple worlds for you to progress through, um, which each has a different, I believe there's four worlds. Um, Each one has a different gimmick to that world. Like one of them has little portals that you can shoot your ball through or bounce balls through. Um, One of them has holes that move. One of them I have yet to unlock. So, uh, and then to, I should say, there are very few balls on each table that you'll you'll sink all the balls from a table and then just move on to the next one. Usually like three-ish balls on the table. Um, and on top of the strange tables and the quick jumping from table to table, you also have cards that add modifiers into the game. Um, and challenges that are associated with those cards. So on top of just trying to line up your shots and, you know, sync everything and, and make it through the different, they're, they're kind of structured like holes of golf. Each of these tables is like a hole of golf. And uh, there is a par, which is why it's subpar pool. I think that's a great name. It's a little clever turn of phrase, but mm-hmm. you are trying to actually get less than par in the number of shots that it takes to sink all these balls. Um, and then on top of all of that kind of um, addicting, simple craziness, you have uh, special balls. Uh, like I mentioned at the top of the podcast, I called myself the chonker. Well, there is a there is a ball in the game that is called the chonker uh, that is Reagan inspired. It has his mustache. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a, like an assassin ball that like chases your ball. Uh, there's a crystal ball that can break. Um, and the part of the brilliant thing that they've done here is make each of those different balls, uh, by making them these cards, you are turning on and off, uh, the different aspects of the game. And they keep trying to tempt you through the use of the challenges to play a, uh, a set of tables with a different set of cards and options in, enabled. So I think I've explained as about as much of it yeah. as I can here. I think it's a I think it's a really cool game. Did you guys enjoy it? I did. And I the game does have some 
procedurally generated content for the table shape. The um, yes, the, the press kit claims that uh, between the tables and the eighteen cards, there are fourteen thousand combinations. Which math wild. Um, I yeah. think I definitely didn't see any repeats, and I think this has the same charm as hold down. Like when you start playing badly, the little sweaty, anxious balls make me laugh every time mm-hmm. um sometimes they look scared um, it made me think of threes also yeah. the little like the little faces they all have and all the, the little characterizations and the personalities yeah yeah um and i think that it felt really satisfying it felt like a combo of a lot of different types of things i was expecting to be way better at this game at the start because i played so much hold down but um the mm-hmm. aiming did not transfer. It's totally fair. I just uh, am not as good at uh, bouncing off of bar tables than invisible walls and bricks. Yeah. Yeah, this made me think of um, there's been a long lineage from the beginning of the internet of like sort of shitty little mini golf games that have been around forever on flash games and, and so on and so forth that like, I just feel like I've been playing that lifesaver flash game was not shitty. It was life changing. <laughs> okay. Mate. Let me, yeah, please through varying degrees of quality. There have been little Thank mini you. golf style games, uh, for as long as there have been, uh, computer games, I believe. And it's tragic that we're getting onto the subject of golf video games on an without episode that Reagan. I know, I know. Um, and pool games. And this one just felt like, what if we actually put real development time and real, like a real team behind making uh, a game like that? Um, and what would it be like? And I think that's this. It just, it's quality all the way through and it just feels really really nice i really like the way that the challenge cards sort of well challenge you to try the game in a way that you would normally there's one relatively early on uh when you are aiming you can see where your ball is going to go where your cue ball is going to go how it's going to hit the uh the ball that you're aiming towards and then the generally the direction that the ball you're going to hit is going to go. So that can make it, you know, some shots relatively easy if, uh, you know, it's a simple bank shot into the hole and it's right there. You can almost, you know, tee it up in a way where you know you're going to make it. But the further and further away you get from each of those things, the, the, you know, the more you have to sort of eyeball the angle and see if you get it right. But there's also a challenge relatively early on that turns off that feature. So you really are just playing by eyeballing the whole thing. And I, at first I was like, damn, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. But it made it, you know, it was it was a fun little card to turn on and you were rewarded with, uh, you know, more challenges, more different things. You know, it's sort of the gameplay loop of all of these things. Um, but actually succeeding at that challenge was satisfying. And so I, I like how the game takes its generally simple concepts and just turns them all on, turns them all off, layers different things on top of each other and and makes each game feel pretty unique. There are, you know, even modes like you have a limited amount of time 
fast run, uh, yeah. for example. I there are uh, so many accessibility and uh, modular options. You can really customize the heck out of this, including turning everything on at the start of the game if you want to, <laughs> rather than unlocking it. Um, I was tempted to do it just for uh, ease of reviewing. <laughs> Lord knows sometimes I need a skip to the end button. Yeah. Uh, but I, I played through like I was supposed to uh, and really enjoyed the way it stripped out. Um, I never felt like it was wasting my time, giving me a challenge that was too easy to work where I was um, or like too repetitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like pocket two balls, pocket three balls. It's it's a little more nuanced than that. Yeah. Yeah, and all the different ball types are fun. The chonker, I think, is is my favorite. It's the first one you get, and it's just a ton of fun. Well, chonker might be your favorite, but like, I was so excited to see what the heck happened with crystal balls. Crystal, well, crystal, uh-huh. I think is my is the most satisfying one. So, crystal is a ball made of crystal that I think it's after four bounces, it completely shatters. Yeah, uh, which Each time also it bounces, it gets smaller. Yeah, little pieces break off in an animation and it gets tinier and tinier and tinier and then uh, poof. But what's nice though is that it getting completely destroyed counts as getting it into a hole too. So you can Uh kind of change it. You could either from an objective standpoint, you could either try to sink the crystal ball like Mm -hmm. you would any other ball. Or if you can hit it in a way where it bounces off enough things where it shatters itself, yep. well, that works too. Mm-hmm. And I found that to be a fun challenge. Yeah, I also, I really liked the challenges around that. Like there's, you know, there'll be challenges that say, don't break a single crystal yeah. um, during this run and things like that. Um, and yeah, the, 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 my favorite thing in the game, I think really was the, um, the portal. This is mm-hmm. the second world you unlock. It's not really one of the one of the balls, but um, the um, the tables are quite small, and especially when they have some weird shape to them, it can be a real challenge to bounce a ball out to a hole. Um, but having that uh, portal from one side to another that kind of appears at different random spots around the outside of the um, the, the different bits of the table really opens things up and gives you some cool, uh, problems to work with. Like, you know, can you bounce the ball through the, the portal to get to the hole? Or can you shoot your ball through the portal or, or bounce off a wall into the portal? It really creates a lot of, uh, fun openness to what is yeah. know, for the most part in the game, these really tight little tables. Yeah, it it just makes the ang- it's the angles, man. It's the angles. It makes them even more complicated when when one of the walls are gone, and if you hit the ball through that, it's gonna pop out of the other side of the pool table. Uh, I I I really like the the portals as well. I also like how the game deals with failure. Mm-hmm. Um, so your goal is there. There is a par, you know. So it'll say like you might start with a table of three balls, and you have three shots to make it. Um, and if you, uh, or three shots is par. And so, uh, if you are able to make it in three, you get par anything below that it's subpar and you get a nice big thing on the screen. It goes real big subpar, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then if you fail to make par, you get one more shot uh, and everything gets a little spookier. Like your your uh, the line that you can see with the, when you're lining up, your shot turns black and the little characters seem a little more nervous, uh, which is adorable. And so yeah. And if you still fail to sink all of the balls on the on the bogey shot, one more than par, uh, you lose a heart. You have a set number of hearts before you before the the they start the world with. And also all of the balls that you failed to sink now end up on the next table as uh, like dark black balls. And they are there and they are there to obstruct the game for you. And your goal then is to not sink them. If you sink the black balls, then you lose some points. And so it, it does sort of like everything is so fast that failure is not a huge deal in this game, but it just, I love that sort of scaling where it gets more and more complicated. If you, if you struggle and uh, I find that satisfying. Mm -hmm. I, I just remembered that I played another game by this developer. We talked a lot about hold down, but did either of you play twofold ink? No. Yes. Fantastic game. Um, it is a, I'll just, describe it briefly um it has very little to do with this game or or their, they did another one called uh rimmed capsule that i did not play but twofold ink is a simple great looking puzzle game that has um just really interesting um kind of uh, drawing to connect tiles gameplay that's a little bit Tetris, but there's no time limit. There's, uh, it's about, uh, it, it's, I found it really, really, really interesting and carefully balanced. It, that's an old one from all the way back in like 2016. Uh, but it's a, still a great game today. Yeah, yeah think... it seems like this, this company is, so if we think that is sort of Tetris-like, and then we've got this, which is, pool slash mini golf and then you've got uh uh um hold down which is sort of a, a interesting well-designed twist on a block breaker like they're, they're kind of going through these long time existing game genres and creating this really fun vibrant and polished very polished versions of those games uh I wonder if I, I don't know. We've got their press kit somewhere around here. I wonder if they even mm -hmm. if that is their their design ethos because it seems oh. to be a trend. It is odd. They 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 talked in this press kit about the game um, originally not starting off as a pool game. There's a weird anecdote. It says initially it was inspired by uh, the kind of kaiju Godzilla attack genre, and that the player was flinging themselves along walls and uh, through city streets uh, to wreak havoc on a city, which is a very different game mechanic than pool. Uh, <laughs> they said how they kind of got over to yeah. the idea of pool from there. Um, I think that actually reminds me to mention something we didn't mention about the game, which is the rounded corners. The, the, there aren't pockets in the corners. Um, and so the, the, the corners that aren't pocketed are um, having like a gentle curve to them. So you have lots of um, 
it's it's tricky to do actually, but very satisfying to kind of roll your ball around those corners as a way to get around walls and things like that. So um, very, very interesting. I can kind of see the through line there. Um, but uh, yeah, what, anything else that you I don't know where I'm, I think I've lost track of my own thoughts here. <laughs> yeah, well, I wasn't expecting a Godzilla sort of kaiju conversation to come up no. from this. But uh, yeah, it's interesting to, to see. I the, still haven't the seen Godzilla. that new Godzilla movie. Have you guys seen that new Godzilla movie? Godzilla the minus Godzilla. one. No. no. I missed it in theaters. Uh, so I'm Reagan waiting for it. I got to see it in theaters. and I'm, I did not. And I'm jealous. Yeah, I, I and then they just re-released it as Godzilla minus one minus color. Have yep. you seen that that? That's incredibly compelling to me as well. Yeah, I haven't it, seen any of them. It's release window corresponded with like a series of head colds that I did not know if they were contagious or not. So I did not want to go to a movie theater. And then I got over them and then it was like, finally, no. The release Damn. window. Oh, um, I, 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 I live in New York. I cannot complain about movie availability. Period. But that's fair. This one case I can. <laughs> um uh anyway like this game just felt like you're in good hands like everything is beautiful animated there's a little extra polish on everything you can flip between landscape and portrait you can turn stuff off like you can play one-handed like it this is what a premium mobile game looks like it's just been taken care of like i don't i don't worry about my game save on this thing I don't. Very I don't nice. have to worry yeah. about anything. It's very yeah. slick. I, I actually ended up buying the game twice, which, you know, I guess I'm contributing to the success of it. But uh, mainly because I bought it initially uh, for $10 on my Steam Deck. Um, just because I, I, I don't think I, you, you said, hey, Shane, I think you're the one that brought this one up. Actually, I'm not sure I am. Um, hmm. somebody, but I, I somebody in the Discord maybe brought this to my attention. Sounds uh, right. I wish I wish I remembered. But I had after I bought it on the Steam too. Deck, I I played it for a while, and then I realized, oh, this is perfect as a mo. This would be perfect as a mobile game. Like there, it's nice to be able to play it on my Steam Deck and throw it on my TV or my PC or my computer, or whatever. Um, but I know I will actually play this game the most on my phone. Um, and yeah. one of the interesting things there is. Um, they have reformatted the game to the two different screen orientations in a way that I really like. Um, when I first played the game a little bit, I was like, well, the, the, the UI can seems like it's a little off. And I went into the settings and adjusted like the scaling of the UI. But what I realized is they've built this game to be kind of uh, responsive to different screen sizes and orientations. Um, the, uh, playing it on a TV or computer, or what have you, the tables are horizontal on screen, and on a phone it plays in portrait mode, um, and everything is aligned perfectly that way. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's it's nice no matter what you're playing it on, and um, I think I will, at least on one of those devices, have to take advantage of the unlock everything button. So. Because uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think it's that's good. a perfect reason to buy it yeah. twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I play it on Steam Deck, and uh, you know I, I gravitate towards Steam Deck now with with anything that I anything yeah. that can play on that. It that tends to me tends to be my preferred platform. 
I will say that I think probably if I was uh, making the choice again, I would go towards an iOS device or, or Android device. I think the sort of twin stick element of it has been a little clunkier than I would have liked. Um, mm-hmm. But that I, it really hasn't been a problem. I think just if I was starting over, maybe I would pick my phone versus the Steam Deck. Um, but it's still been a ton of fun on Steam Deck. Mm-hmm. And the kind of game that is nice, like I was traveling recently and uh, I was playing a different game that we're playing for the show and I just was able to pop over and play a little subpar pool, play a few rounds, play a few worlds. And that was very, very nice. So I think you'll be happy wherever you get this. Um, but I think it's probably a smoother experience playing it on on something with a touchscreen like a uh, like iPhone. Yeah, I Laura, agree. what were you playing it on? I was playing on my phone. Nice. Uh, okay. I, I I put it right next to hold down on the screen. There you <laughs> like, go. There's all my weird daily things I play, like Fall in London, Learned League, Framed, um, and then a Broadway ticket lotteries, and then the next round are like <laughs> actual games. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, cool. Well, we knew this was going to be a shorter discussion, um, not out of lack of enjoyment for the game, but just that it's it's very polished. It's very straightforward. It's kind of exactly what you want from a game like this. Is there anything uh, either of you can think of that we haven't touched on yet that we want to discuss for this game? I want to know what you guys think about the visual style of the game, because it is um, I'm going to I'm going to criticize the game only a little bit. Uh, and only based on um, its its visual style. There are some things I really like about the visual style of the game, but each of the worlds has a background that is, to me, incredibly busy um, and and a little distracting. Like um, at, similar to like it, they have this tiled um, visual background that. You know, you you guys listening at home uh, will just have to trust me on this one. It, it's it's a very it's like it's like a tool fabric in bright colors. Uh, it's got lots of little teeny tiny detailed illustrations, which is odd for the background of something that is as simple as this game is. Um, I really do like um, the way that they do a sort of a stippling effect on a lot of things, including the shadows. That's quite lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have kind of mixed feelings on, uh, you know, people, we, we, I heard some affection for the chonker and I, I also have some affection for the chonker, uh, but to call the ball a chonker and to put a, uh, like a millennial, um, like a do to do mustache on it mm. and have it be just the big chonker. Uh, feels a little bit old person to me. Um, so uh, I don't I don't know about some of those some of those aspects of the game. Um, none of that held me back from my enjoyment of it. I just I am just a curmudgeon who has a podcast. Yeah. Uh, so the puzzlingly, the press kit called the art style French, and I just wasn't going to mention that because I did not understand what it made French. this French. Uh, they said French art style, and I do not know what they mean by that. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah um, French. I guess the fa- I, the only... The mustache, I guess. The mustache is kind of French, but the, the rest of it is, I mean, it's literally 
a white circle smiley face. Um, the color scheme, I, the one thing that I will say, all of the games from this developer have an absolutely lovely color scheme. I just think if they simplified some of the busy backgrounds in this game, that it would help the rest of it shine through a little bit. I, I know it's a stylistic choice, and I think they have a uh, a great-looking game regardless, so I, I will I will drop it now. Yes, I just, just... double-checked my, my sources, and yes, they, they do claim a, quote, stunning, vibrant, French-inspired art style. So I mm-hmm. maybe they think busy backgrounds are French. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> the, um, I yeah, thought it was okay Swedish, at Illustrated. Though. So what do Swedes yeah. think about the French? Yeah, the, the Swedish interpretation of the French art style is what mm-hmm. we're, we're discussing here. Yeah. So um, I found it a little, but I was also playing mostly in portrait style and those backgrounds mm-hmm. are not as prominent in portrait style. So like there's some of it, but it's not as overwhelming. So I think I probably didn't notice it quite as much because I also have a wee little phone. So um, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, and I'm just not super observant. So the music was fun. Yeah, it's fun. The sound effects are fun. You know, the, again, this is a complete package, I think. Um, I, I, I like the sound a lot. Um, I, I like the, um, the cue ball. Um, when you get trick shots, like uh, the game's quite good at like calling out, oh, you did a, a rebound. Uh, yeah. Back to back shots. Uh, the, the cue ball uh, announces your trick shots in a tiny adorable voice and yeah. uh, uh that did not get annoying for me at all uh, it was a very very cute sound i like one of the very first challenges is just do five trick shots and it doesn't really care what trick shot whether it's like bouncing off the wall bouncing the ball off of itself going through a portal whatever it may be it just says just do five trick shots and uh it's it's satisfying all right. And the well, rest of the game has these very bubbly sound effects. Yeah. That are, you know. <laughs> I can think of no better way to end on than on that pop sound effect. I got nothing yep. better. Nope. So uh I think we've got a little bit of time left though. Um, why don't we uh run through some things that are making us happy? Um Shane, you want to start us off? Yeah, sure. I, I don't know if we'll, I, I, I was tempted when we, it looked like we might have a gap in the schedule for the podcast to go back and uh, do a whole episode of just me ranting about the game that I'm playing right now. Uh, that is Hell Divers 2. Um, if you were a listener to this podcast in many ages past, I think nine-ish years ago, <laughs> yeah. uh, the... Uh, the the creators of the game Magica, which I think we also covered, uh, made a top-down dual-stick shooter wherein you and other random internet-connected PS4 owners would drop these space marine types down onto these planets and uh, role-play your, your greatest Starship Troopers fantasy. Right? Uh, and the dream of being in the uh, uh, American cultural parody Starship Troopers uh, is alive and well, uh, yes. and it's back on your PlayStation Five, uh, so or or PC. Um, Starship, I, I call it Starship Troopers. Eh. The uh, Hell Divers Two 
has switched the game from being a top-down dual stick shooter, which I love dual stick shooters, so I was a little skeptical at first, to being a third-person, more straightforward shooter, right? But structurally, the game is the same. It's a really, really great game. I think it's right now having an enormous launch. I think it's been out for about a week uh, as we record this. And um, they have had... uh, Oh, I don't know how what the what the numbers are. It's hard to it's say. It's everywhere. It's, yeah, it is it's blown huge. Up. It's, it's really yeah. it's really blown up. I should say that there have been some launch issues for the game. There were some server issues, um, and they've had to put out a few patches in the interim, mostly related to keeping the servers running uh, around matchmaking for the game. Um, I've had no problem at all playing it with two of my friends who have downloaded the game. We're enjoying it a lot. The Some of the most unique elements about the game are the uh, the way it handles your items. You have a pretty much just a, a set of these things called stratagems where you have to uh, dial in a special code on the D-pad that might be something like up, down, left, right, up, up, down, left, um, in order to call down these drops of equipment that come in in these giant bullets that you can if you get lucky actually kill enemies with um apart from that the the game is just also a really fun really tight shooter experience without being overly complicated you're not going to have a lot of um like a a ton of different items you you've got uh the stratagems i think you'd have it max four of them as if I'm not mistaken. And uh, the fact that it's co-op and there's no PVP element and it's just goofy, crazy fun. You do die a lot. Friendly fire is enabled fully from the beginning. So it's such you, a funny end choice. Up blasting each other. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of humor to the game. I, I think actually yeah. it's important to call this aspect of the game out because has that sort of over-the-top, um, exceptional, uh, bombastic kind of style that Starship Troopers had. Um, and in this case, there's a lot of intro and talk and chatter in the game about you know everything's for Super Earth, um, mm-hmm. saving the universe in the name of managed democracy. Mm. <laughs> you know liberating uh, planets from the alien bug overlords, things like that. So very, very funny game. Um, And just the chaos that you get from these kind of fairly tight maps full of actually kind of complex objectives. Every objective, once you get to it, will have at best one of these D-pad codes that you have to put in under fire um, nice. and at its most complicated um, different parts and items to grab. One of my favorite ones is um, preparing and launching a nuke that then blasts half the map and uh, catches you in this enormous mushroom cloud. And uh, the game is visually really gorgeous. It looks like, I would say it's kind of a double a game at a double A price, but visually it's like, looks very triple A. So nice. Um, I, I can't recommend it enough. Um, I tried to start a 
big discussion about it on the short game discord and i managed to get one person interested uh, <laughs> but meanwhile my non-short game friends are all loving it and playing it a lot so well uh, it's not a short game but we not did all. like you said we covered the first one back on episode 48 so long long time mm-hmm. ago um, i continue to I... reserve the right to discuss games that are not short on this podcast <laughs> No matter how how much uh, you know annoyed listener mail uh, my brother gets about it, yeah, um, I love. Just Joe the check original. the inbox; you'll never know. Exactly, I loved the original Hell Divers, and I'm very very intrigued by this. I haven't had a chance to pick it up. But I'm very much going to because uh, it sounds great. The original was a ton of fun, and my account is even better. I mean, it, it is incredibly popular right now. So I, I think it's an interesting thing to look at. I think you should get it. And if you do get it, let's you know shoot some bugs or yep. the communist automatons. Um, the This is a really interesting moment in the games industry, and I'm not quite sure what it means. This is a great example of Sony's strategy of releasing games um, simultaneously on ps5 and pc so i am playing mm-hmm. it on pc the game has cross play um when it launched there were some issues that kept it from working on a steam deck but i am playing it now on my steam deck and my pc with my ps5 owning friends nice. um and for the most part when i'm playing just grouped up with them no problems at all there's been like i mentioned some early bumps in the road uh with the matchmaking so they they do need to continue to invest in more servers for the game. Yeah. Something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think you should get it and, uh, and go yeah. shoot some aliens with me. I would love to. Um, well, I'll go next. Uh, I'm going to be quick. Uh, I was traveling over the last week because um, I went skiing over the weekend in uh, Colorado, which is something I've done one time before. And uh, it was a ton of fun. It is completely opposite of what my normal day-to-day life is. I'm normally sitting in a room staring at a computer all day. And so going and flinging myself down a mountain for three days straight was uh, was a ton of fun. Um, the entire act of skiing is an absolutely absurd exercise. Uh, the fact that it's a sport that begins at a top of a mountain seems like it should be inhibiting for for just humans to do but the fact that we've built this entire ecosystem this entire structural system that allows us to even do it is wild um but uh yeah i had a great time i think the the most interesting thing though from the entire trip is that it was oh it was good it was fresh powder my dude (laughs) the amount of of skis uh like jargon is hilarious but um it was good, uh, but probably the most uh, remarkable thing that happened uh, on this trip is we were in a uh, had a had a really nice uh, rental house out in the middle of the woods, and there were these massive icicles hanging off of the side of the house. And one of our buddies got the genius idea. We had made a fire late at night to do like s'mores and all that, and he decided to roast a marshmallow on an icicle. And it worked far better than you would could imagine. It was incredible. So we roasted marshmallows using icicles. It was magical. It sounds like something out of a cartoon. Yes, exactly. 
Um, and uh, but there, there was a funny part where our buddy was like climbing up onto the deck in order to break off icicles, and another buddy was down below trying to help, and we all just kept screaming, "Stop looking up! Don't stand under him! Stop looking up!" Uh, oh. So uh, fortunately, no one was uh, impaled by three foot long icicles. Uh, and instead we had tasty roasted marshmallows and uh it was it was a great time so they will work if you if they're big enough um so that's that's what is making me happy uh Laura how about yourself so you were healthy and outdoors and i'm going to uh just a not Every so healthy <laughs> indoor activity which is baking um so I live in a small apartment and I'm lazy and there's two people in my house. So I like baking, but um, I often go to a website that I'm really excited about looking and there's 30 ingredients and it takes four days and you have to laminate and put stuff in the <laughs> fridge. And I just like give up. I can't even get through the recipe, let alone like do it. I made something with laminated dough during the pandemic and it took me a day and a half and then I messed up the last step and Ugh. put too much cardamom in them and they were inedible and I cried. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. So that's not what making me happy. What's making me happy is um, I recommended the book Snacking Cakes in the past. Uh, there's a sequel called Snacking Bakes with a B that has cookies and bars and breads and some cakes in it. But the same principle holds, which is um, none of the recipes in the entire book take an hour from like getting the ingredients out of the refrigerator to being on the table. Um, nice. There's That's one bowl, one bowl. No nice. more than one. Just everything takes one bowl. Um, uh, there will be few ingredients, but they will be like used in multiple recipes. Like I bought some freeze dried blueberries. I can put them in six recipes in the book. Like I don't feel bad about spending the five bucks on freeze dried blueberries because I get to stick them in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, no mixer. You can use a hand. Straw. Right. Like, so it's just basically like, what if you just, by the time the oven is preheated, the stuff was ready to go in the oven mm. and then you had cookies or brownies. Um, I made a bunch of batches for a cookie uh, exchange in the fall, but we've had like, there are, um, maple espresso, like really thin cookies, like the really crunchy ones, um, white chocolate macadamia nuts, which is Justin's favorite, like a Mrs. Fields that's, dupe. That's better. Yeah. It's one of my favorite cookies yeah. too. Like I made them and I was like, these are the best things I've ever made. <laughs> I was oh, like, Laura, I should, you're making me I hungry. Like, I was like, I shouldn't know how easy these are to make. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> Uh, and we currently are eating our way through, um, like a corn, uh, like a, a corn cookie with cornmeal in it that has a blueberry lemonade like topping on it. They're so good. And I, I look like a genius and I don't spend any time on them. So nice. the other thing I like about it is the cookies, the recipes are small sized. So it's like an eight inch square for the cakes or like, like 18 to 20 cookies. Like you're not making like there's enough that you run out of cookies in the same amount of time, even if you're a small family and then you can make another recipe. So you're not like stuck eating like 40 yeah. cookies because you did yeah, a pioneer yeah, yeah. woman. Yeah. It's just all my irritations about baking. It gone away with in one book. So I yeah. am thrilled with snacking bakes 
Um, Justin's lab is thrilled. (laughs) Everybody's very happy that like there are good, interesting cookies coming out of my apartment. Um, And may y'all all enjoy a lot of interesting cookies without a lot of effort. Like that's all I want. <laughs> what a blessing upon all of us. May you all have interesting cookies. May you cookies. all have interesting yeah. cookies. May um, you live during interesting cookie times. Well, she also like is like, here's how you freeze dough. So you could just yeah. like make a bunch of these and stick them in the freezer and then like cool. make five cookies when you want. Um, I don't know. I so many things are the perfect version. Like mm-hmm. here's how you make the perfect cookies and it will take you four days or here's how you make the perfect lasagna. Like sometimes you just need food. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You just need a snack. Um, that's awesome. That's what this book is for. And um, highly recommend the recipes have all been bangers. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, well, I guess that'll do it for this, uh, for this episode. So uh, nice chatting with you. With you folks, um, if you're listening and you want to support the show, uh, consider joining our Patreon. The show is entirely listener-supported by listeners like you. You listening right now. This show is supported by people like you. Patreon.com slash like short game. Uh, patrons of any level get access to our private Discord server. Uh, it's where we're really making a lot of game selections where a lot of recommendations come, a lot of really good conversations about the games that we're covering and uh, anything and everything else. Uh, so if you want to join our awesome little community, get away from the uh, the fractured landscape that is the current social media world and come and hang out with some cool people, uh, consider joining the Patreon. Um, you could also leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform that also helps us uh, and we appreciate all of our patrons and those of you who are considering joining or leaving us a review. We appreciate you as well. Um, if you want to contact us, um, you can find links to all of our social media on shortgame.fm. We also have a contact form, which is a great way to get a hold of us or make recommendations. Um, and Shane, where can people find you online? You know, I, I, the shortgame.fm has been working so well that I think we might just start pointing people to that. It's got all yeah. our socials, links to everything we just mentioned. Um, I I will just reiterate the call to action to, hey, please give us those reviews. Uh, that is how there the podcasting go. world works. Yes. Absolutely. Laura, how about and yourself? Don't forget to find us on YouTube where you can click like and subscribe. Ah, yeah. Thank you, Shane. We are now on YouTube. So uh, smash that subscribe button. Uh, hit the bell. Do the likes. All the things. We're YouTubers now. We're doing it, folks. <laughs> if you're Laura. listening on YouTube, leave, leave a comment. Yeah. Uh, you can find me. Uh, my links are on shortgame.fm except my blue sky is not on there but generally you can find me at Laura J. Nash everywhere Uh, yeah Laura J. Nash at bird.rodeo and mastodon Shane I think you're right we should update that and just just point everyone there 100% of the time but uh, until that day you can find me on all the various socials at NateSTL and uh, that'll do it for this week's episode thanks everybody bye